Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. All right, Aspire Leaders. I hope you're watching on YouTube because I've got a brand new background up that I'm pretty proud of, and it's got the Aspire to Lead logos on there, Teach Better, the hashtag, and obviously you get to see my amazing guest, Miss Ray Heward. Hey, everyone. I love the background. If you are not watching on YouTube, either go there now or just write on your to-do list, go to Teach Better YouTube to see Josh's new background. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got this video up on two different spaces because I don't only have it on Teach Better Teams YouTube page, but my own at Joshua Stamper. Josh, someday I want to be as cool as you. <laughs> Uh, I think it's the other way around, my friend. That's why I have you as a guest once again on Aspire to Lead. Ray, I have the pleasure and honor to work with you on a daily basis, which I have to pinch myself to say, am I dreaming? Is this some type of like fantasy that I have that I get to be around such a phenomenal person and creator every single day? And that's why I have you on as a guest today, because I don't know about you, Ray, I, I know we meet with a lot of educators all the time, one-on-one coaching, one-on-one discussions about the needs of their campus. But lately, and this is why I wanted to bring you on, I've gotten a lot of, I want to write, I don't know how to do that. I want to maybe blog, I maybe want to write a book. And there's just some misperceptions about that process, the creativity there, but then also like the reason behind it. And so I kind of wanted to dispel some of that stuff too. And I couldn't think of a better person to to discuss that with because me and you over the years have had a lot of conversations about writing, <laughs> about books, about blogs. And so I just want to kind of start the conversation there with you, Ray. If someone is thinking about creating in some way, some form, I know you're a big time creator in a lot of different avenues. Is there any like starting point for you as far as like what you need to occur? There are so many different directions to take (laughs) this conversation. I don't know how we're going to fit this into one episode, but I, for me, the first step, anytime I'm looking to put out content, right? Whether it be in a, in a video medium, a blog medium, maybe even writing a book. I know we're going to get into so many different things here, especially Mm -hmm. with writing, but I personally need to chew on the idea for a long time and talk it out with a friend. And Josh, that's been something I really value about our friendship is those quick phone calls, you know, hey, do you have 10 minutes on a Tuesday afternoon to say, okay, I'm just going to like word vomit everything in my mind. And then you're going to tell me what direction resonates with you most. And that's where I'm going to get started. And that has been very necessary for my process. What about yourself? Well, I was listening to a podcast and I I wish I remembered what it was that I was listening to, but they were talking about how they write when they can't stop thinking about it and they have Mm. to put it on paper. Like the concept, they're so passionate about it and they feel like it needs to be shared with others and it can't just stick in their mind. And I I think that's really important. Uh, I think so many leaders, so many administrators, you know, that I talk to, they see something and, and they're super passionate about it. They're super excited about the concept and they don't know the direction to go with that. Well, I think for 
like speaking to that issue specifically, I find, I know this almost is the opposite of what I just shared, but I think that sometimes you go about finding the right content for you through multiple different pathways. Something I really enjoy is I always assume that the content I want to share is going to be in short form. That way I'm not putting pressure on the fact that even if I'm really passionate about it, it doesn't need to be a 300 page book. It could just be a two and a half minute video. And I still think it's worth sharing, but it doesn't necessarily have the pressure of it needing to be a stressful concept. So I have a notes app on my phone. And anytime I have a concept that I think might be interesting to speak about for less than two minutes, I jot it down. And I think that works for me personally. I'm not sure if this will resonate with everybody, but I do find myself having spurts of time where I can create. I have the flexibility to, you know, take some time to write or record some videos. And other times I have the time, but I don't feel the same inspiration. And having the list of kind of where to begin helps me get started in that process, regardless of how I'm feeling. All right. So Ray, I'm so glad that you're talking about different forms of content because there's a lot of ways to communicate. And so for me, I would much rather do a podcast than sit down and write a blog or write a book or even jump on video and just have a conversation like I'm having with you. And I think that's why, you know, the Spider Lead podcast has come for five years because I love the format. I love the communication style versus sitting down and writing. Is that something that you share or would you prefer to sit down and, you know, write a blog? I very, very much resonate with the conversation, the video, the podcast vibe. And I think that's for a number of different reasons, leaning on what I enjoy most. One is I like to create content that I can put out instantly because it's if it's on my heart, I assume it's also going to benefit somebody else. And I don't want to wait two years to get that, to get that answer or conversation started with somebody else. On the flip side, I, I truly believe that I express more authentically through my voice. I like being on camera and having our, you know, our community here. Have, I mean, I'm a listener of this podcast, so it's cool to be like on the show because I listen to this podcast and I know that, you know, seeing a smile or inflection in the tone, I really resonate with the voice and and all that that it can encompass. So. To be honest, writing a book or writing a blog is sometimes my least favorite medium, even though it's something I do find I do frequently. I absolutely lean on audio and video more commonly. I know for myself, I had in my mind a stigma of like being a writer. And this this goes way back. And I think I've shared this on the podcast before of like being told as a child in the school system that I just wasn't very good at writing. And my grades reflected that. And I had a lot of negative feedback from my teachers in regards to that. So I had to kind of push past that and and kind of reset my, my thinking and my mindset to say, no, this is something I, I can do and be successful at. Do you have similar thoughts? I know other educators sometimes have things in their mind of like, oh, I could never get on Instagram live and do that. Or I could never get on a podcast or I can never write a book or a blog. You know, is there things you've had to battle within your own mind? Uh, wholeheartedly. I mean, I was diagnosed SLD in second grade in reading, writing, and math. I mean, not only am I not a strong writer, but I also am a really poor reader. I mean, I consume, gosh, like 80% of 
content via audio in my normal day-to-day life. So in some regard, when I wrote my first book, my grandma tutored me my entire upbringing. She was an educator. She's, I mean, my grandma is the most amazing educator out there, but we had this like inappropriate inside joke that how funny was it that I wrote a book, right? Like, and, and to be honest, some of it was I wrote the book to dispute that I couldn't do it, but there's so many reasons that a book is the right medium, but writing in general is something I've really struggled with. And it's not that I can't type. I'm a very fast typer, right? It's I, I can put words down on a page quite well, but the the medium is something I, I really struggled with versus coming on camera. I think educators are so scared on occasion, especially prior to COVID. You know, it feels it feels kind of weird to have people looking at your face and listening to your voice and writing almost creates a a better barrier between the author and the reader. But educators forget that they are, and I don't mean it in this like naughty way, but we are performers. We are constantly in front of people talking. And yes, our students feel like different audience members than our peers. And I absolutely resonate with that concept, but you are, you are articulate, and, and, and if you weren't, you wouldn't be in this field. You wouldn't have been as successful as you are. So in some regard, I think educators that don't enjoy video or audio communication have a misunderstanding of the skill set they already possess. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. So I want to talk about another misperception and fear because I feel like in education, especially in leadership, building or district level, it's seen like anything extra, writing a blog, writing a book, getting on a podcast, getting on video format is something that is helping that person to get out of education versus helping educators. And I kind of get almost angry (laughs) at that concept. I've lived that myself and I I want to get on here because first off, if you're listening to this podcast, thank you, one, but two, you're doing something that most folks aren't doing, which is you're, you're trying to better yourself in another format. So will you just talk about that, Ray, as far as like, if someone is, you know, has an idea, they feel like they want to share it. Can we just kind of throw away that misperception for a second? Uh, Yeah, I have to tell you, Josh, you mentioned this misconception prior to us recording, and I am offended by this misconception. (laughs) Like, this is news to me, and I'm I'm not sure that I've had enough time to chew on the concept to not just be angry about it. Yeah. Um, I think educators, with the incredible work happening in classrooms, I do think that educators have an obligation to talk and celebrate and share about the amazing things that they're doing. And I don't say amazing things like, oh yeah, that one teacher down the hall that brought in that neon paper and it really just was so such a fun day. I'm talking about the educator listening who says, yeah, I've been kind of doing the same thing for the last week and my my kids are happy and they're learning and I feel good about it. Like that's incredible. And we have to be talking about it. But this misconception that sharing or offering resources or Right, I mean, writing a book, whatever it is, is leading towards no longer doing that work is something that I think absolutely should not exist. I, I understand that some people might have that mindset, but I actually think it's ineffective as well as incorrect. So yeah, 
<laughs> I mean, obviously, if, what we do is to serve other people and help as best we possibly can. And if someone thought otherwise, that would be kind of offending because that's that's not our heart. That's not our charge. Like we're trying to help other folks. So right. So the two books I've written thus far, one came out in 2019 and one came out in 2020. I did a TED talk in 2021. I, you know, I like I could go through like I have a goal of trying to do something out of the box every year. None of them were with the intention of not no longer being in the classroom. Like I, I, and I, I think it's weird that, that some of some people might be making that assumption. Um, yeah, I absolutely not. If you're an educator right now, you absolutely should be, you know, sharing your voice, producing content, sharing your opinion. And if you want to leave the school system someday, like, so be it. But I don't think that it should be connected to sharing the incredible things that you have to offer. 100%. And so we're here to encourage you, give you permission. If you have an idea that you want to share to other people, find your avenue to do that. There's so many different forms of communication. You don't have to write. You don't have to record your voice or be on video. There's a lot of different ways. Wait, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. This is your podcast. You're in charge. About (laughs) you. But can we talk about the pros and cons of the mediums really quick as people are choosing? Okay. Because I feel kind of strongly about this, but cut me off if I like totally take us sideways. But don't you feel like, let's just talk about mediums in terms of video, audio, and written word, right? Let's just go with those three. Sure. Um, They are very different in terms of skill set, workload, enjoyment, time, everything else. I know we talked about that we have our favorite mediums, but can you maybe identify one of the mediums pros and cons? Well, I do think it's on skill set. You know, I know like, for instance, my wife, she can write just beautifully and it takes her no time at all where I sit there and agonize over every little word and every sentence um, as I'm going through. So I know like for some folks, it's easier to do one the other. Like the idea of her being on a podcast, I mean, she gets like fearful and you could see it in her body language right away although she speaks very eloquently and I've had her on a guest on my own podcast and she even jumped on live with us, you know, when we were celebrating my book and she did a fantastic job, but for her, like she, she wants to run the opposite direction when it comes to those mediums. So I think it does have to do with a comfort level. Now, as far as like podcasts, you also have to determine like, are you going to edit it? (laughs) Are you going to, I mean, there's like a, a lot of other components with like a hosting site and like some of these other things and not to scare well, if you. If you're, if you're on video, are you like going to stress about what you're wearing? Are right. you going to be concerned about what your hair looks like? The uh, background, actually, lighting. Yeah. The background lighting. Oh, great point. So I, for me, I almost feel like choose the medium. If you're trying to decide, choose the medium that, that is seemingly the easiest for you. Like identify what stresses you out the most and go as far away from those as possible. I think sometimes we encourage one another to push into challenges. For me personally, if you're producing content, the content is what's challenging to put out and ensure that it's the way that you want to be communicating. Don't allow the medium to add an additional layer of stress. So if typing isn't your forte, um, and speaking is your forte, then your two options are to do a podcast or to voice text everything like voice yeah. to text, uh, which are also great. So I, I just think also the, 
the speaking sometimes feels a little more off the cuff versus writing allows you to plan a little bit more deliberately. You can backspace without people knowing, you know, like some of that concept. So anyway, as far as mediums, maybe creating a list of what stresses you out and then Mm -hmm. trying to identify the medium that doesn't lean into those could be the first step. Well, and with podcasting, with video format, you, you choose how much you want to put into it as far as the planning. Sometimes, you know, like you go on Instagram all the time and you're dropping videos throughout the day on questions folks are just sending you and you're doing that pretty quickly, you know? And so, I mean, you don't have to (laughs) spend hours and hours and hours, you know, creating a YouTube video or, you know, creating a a podcast um, where there's episodes every week. So, I mean, there's different formats, thankfully now that you can just jump on your phone real quick and get the content out that you want. And it'd be extremely beneficial to your community and to potentially your school and your district. So I just want to say you don't have to spend a ton of time on some of these formats. No, and I, I really enjoy listening to content and and being a consumer of content that has really great editing and fancy spiels. But uh, I lean into less is more in terms of the content I produce because that's what I can handle in terms of my stress load. And it just is what it is. So anyway, sorry to take us off track, but I think choosing the medium is really important and don't allow the medium to stress you out. There are other things that are more important to focus on. For sure. So Ray, if there's someone that's listening right now, they have an idea that's itching inside of them. They want to get it out. They know it's going to be beneficial to other teachers, administrators. I know for myself, I had someone, thankfully it was Todd Nisloni. This is not everyone's experience, but I met him at a conference. He asked for me to blog on the Kids Deserve It website at the time. For me, I was like, who am I to write a blog on this site? And, you know, I had to like kind of push through that. But thankfully, I got encouragement and I had a platform to to post. And so that was my very first blog. It was very intimidating. However, it was extremely beneficial because it led to not only that opportunity, but then also you know, jumping on podcasts, jumping, doing more blogs, eventually led to my book. Now I'm not saying that's everyone's path, but if someone has something that they want to share out to, you know, a a huge community and I know teach better has blogs, could they potentially post with teach better? A thousand percent. I actually was going to suggest if you're trying to get into writing, some of the first steps that I would always recommend is finding a website like the Kids Deserve It website that you noted earlier. Teachbetter.com has a blog. Go to a website and blog for another organization versus trying to blog on your own. For me personally, I think you can only focus on so many things at once. It doesn't mean that those are going to be your only focuses long term. So if you blog for teachbetter.com, which by the way, we have guest bloggers, we publish blogs on, a, on a, multiple blogs a week from bloggers all around the, the world. There's a, there's a huge support there, right? You have an editing team, you have a design team, you get to submit the ideas. They're going to make it pretty. And they also teachbetter.com has a really, really wide audience reach. So yep. you know that you'll have people consuming your content. I, in addition to, I'm sure many people have fallen into the opposite realm of saying, okay, I want to start blogging. So you go on to Google and you search how to make a website and you take hours designing a website with pretty, you know, colors. Cause that would be the most important <laughs> thing to me. And then I write a blog and 
I put a lot of effort into this, right? Like I have created a title. I've, I've done my best editing it myself. I've reread the blog 13, 14 times. Now it's up on the website and I may not feel like I'm reaching the people that this was intended to support. And so I, I think that there's so many different avenues on how to blog. Maybe mm-hmm. creating your own website is something that comes in the future, but going and starting with a lot of support is a beautiful way to start dipping your toe in the water. Then as you become more passionate, as blogging becomes easier, as you learn from what these other organizations might be doing to support you, then you can take it any which way. And you have resources to lean on in case you run into any hurdles, right? There's no reason to, what is that phrase? Like eat the whole element, elephant, like take it yep. bite by bite, elephant, which yep. by the way, is the most disgusting metaphor ever, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, I just think sometimes educators take the harder route because it feels like what you're supposed to do. Right. And I am always not to sound like a total bum, but I always want it to be as easy as possible. And then I will slowly start taking on more and more responsibility that may make it more challenging, but I have the background knowledge to be successful in it. Yeah. And I think this is a good segue, right? Because as educators, it doesn't matter your role, you are extremely busy. This is a profession that requires a lot of time and effort. And so for some folks, they may be listening right now and being like, there is no way I have this in my schedule. Like I have an idea, but how on earth am I going to execute this within the busy schedule that I have. So I wanted to pick your brain on this, right? Because obviously we, we've been both me and you as content creators, you know, that's just, it's busy. It's hard to fit that in. So what are some tips you might have that have been successful for you in your content creation? Yeah. See, Josh, I'm happy to share as many tips as I can possibly think of, but to confirm, I'm currently struggling with this topic as a, <laughs> as a writer. I've been working on the third piece. I'm calling it a piece because it probably will be a book, but who knows? And I'm currently like struggling with my own hurdles and like full transparency to those of you, li- to those of you listening, Josh is actually like trying to push me into getting over these hurdles currently. So this might turn into a therapy session, but it goes um, both ways, my friend, both. ways. I, I mean, truly I'm struggling with this one, but okay. So let's go over some basics. Basics and getting started is identify a period of time that you are going to be dedicated to writing. And Josh, yeah. something that you just told me, which I love and have been working on is to jot notes down throughout the day and especially into the evening, but then actually do the writing in the morning. And I loved that mindset because I do think my creativity is stronger during the afternoon and evening. My mind is racing. So when I'm jotting down those bullet points, those one-liners that I think are absolutely genius, you know, then I come in the morning after a good night's sleep and I say, okay, I have 32 minutes before I have to wake up the kids. I'm going to dedicate some time and I'm only writing to the bullet points that, that I previously wrote myself. So, so that's one avenue that you've given me that, that has been really helpful. I stole that. Honestly, it was a podcast <laughs> that I was listening to that suggested that. And it was the idea that you have these creative thoughts, especially uh, for myself evening. So I identified with that, like, you know, but that's time to, you know, like you said, chunk it. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, this is a topic that I want to discuss later, or this is a one-liner that's brilliant. I don't know where it's going to fit in. And sometimes it's it's chopped up thoughts 
and it's not put together, but then also allowing your mind to sleep on it because our brain doesn't shut off, right? It's still processing as we're sleeping. And that way you're giving your brain some time to kind of chew on it a little bit. So when you wake up in the morning, you have more of a complete thought to put it down more in paragraph form. So yes, that was something that worked for me. <laughs> so in addition to that, the other things that I did for both of the books that I've that I've written that I have not done for this one, which might be something I need to encourage myself to do. I'm getting on a plane tomorrow morning. So maybe like on the plane, I can jot this down. But I really liked, oh, I should backtrack. For me, I'm a very visual person. So I've like already drafted up the potential cover because I need to see it like in my hands. Yeah. And, and it probably won't look that way long-term, but like I needed to be inspired by some sort of art form. I know we have that in common. The yep. next thing after that is I need to draft chapter titles because I want to get those big key ideas out in the open. And then I, I, what I like is draft more chapter titles than you need, right? Mm -hmm. Like draft as yep. many as they, many as come. So maybe it's 12, maybe it's 50, just draft potential content topics. And then when you have the time to write, whether you have bullet points with you or not from the previous evening, just pick whichever chapter seems to resonate with you most. Cause it totally ebbs and flows for me. Sometimes, you know, a, Chapter two has a topic that I'm excited and inspired to write on and I can kind of draft out some ideas. And the next day, maybe I go back to chapter two and keep working on it. Or the next day, maybe I pick another one. And what I liked about that process, at least for my, my last two pieces, was that then eventually either chapters came together because they ended up having the same, you know, big takeaway I wanted my reader to, to digest or the chapter concept was great it wasn't ever going to be a full chapter. It wasn't a big enough idea. So, you know, I tuck it in somewhere else and that chapter kind of gets deleted. So I liked the ebb and flow of, of drafting and starting again, I'm sorry to be repetitive, going with the easiest win first, right? Always the yeah. easiest win. <laughs> I, I'm very similar. <laughs> I'm like the, the visual piece. I always create a cover for the book prior to, I usually send it to Ray Hewitt for her approval before moving forward. In fact, the Inspire to Lead cover was with the help of Ray's suggestions. I have to yeah, say, have to though, here's my, here's my criticism of that. It's so funny because having read your book, right? I, I actually own your book and I give it to people all the time. <laughs> and knowing, especially like the top three covers that existed, now I almost think that now I hate some of the covers you drafted. Like <laughs> this one, you, you ended at the right cover, right? And sometimes I think about, I'm like, oh my God, you have this beautiful lion that was yeah. like, oh my God, this this gorgeous cover. But I'm like, God, it it didn't fit the book. Like that isn't, no. that isn't the direction. And it's so interesting drafting a cover that, you know, it's like you might put a few hours into it and you're like, no one ever sees it or one person sees it or two people see it, but um, it does kind of help you foster a direction, at least for me. So, I don't think I've shared this before. It's kind of a, a secret, but on the cover, there's actually a cutout of a lion in the, in the mountain. Oh so yeah. I, oh yeah. I still, I still have the lion in there. Now yep. the last chapter is mindset of a lion. So that's why it's in the cover, but it's, it's subtle. It's not like you can really tell unless but, you see it. But I loved it. And aspire to lead is it, for those of you who may not I mean, like visually have the cover in your mind. It's it's somebody climbing a mountain. It's I think it's so visually appealing and it's very much in line with the work in the book. Mm -hmm. 
And again, I can, I can vividly see my second favorite cover as we were having this conversation of that gorgeous lion. And I'm yeah. like, Oh, it was so pretty. Just like, not this one, not this book. No, so, may never I mean, ever be used. <laughs> no, probably maybe not. But again, like that's something I really needed for this, for this one I'm working on is I needed to draft the cover first. Whereas yeah. the second book I wrote with Adam Welcome, which was teachers deserve it. I had no opinion of the cover. I had very strong opinions of the chapters and the content. The mm-hmm. cover, the cover to me was like, eh. like I remember yeah. getting your opinion, being like, I don't really have an opinion. Can you look at these five and just like yep. tell me which one you'd rather see at Barnes and Noble, right? Like, so <laughs> it's it's definitely the process and the topic. I love it. And so, just to backtrack as far as tips, I think you know finding a dedicated space, finding a dedicated time. You know, even if it's just a couple minutes a day always having your hands on that project. So it doesn't matter if it's a book, a blog, podcast, video format, just finding ways to create for myself and having that consistency because the more that you don't do it, the harder it is to come back to it. And so regardless of the project, make sure your hands, <laughs> raise raise in our hand. Yes, I think we that's... both have fallen into this, <laughs> making sure that we're consistently coming back to it so that we don't lose that that energy, that passion, and just making sure that we have that built into our schedule every single, and not every single day, but, you know, coming back to it so that that project doesn't lose steam and it falls to the wayside. Well, we all do it, even with our, you know, our home lives, you know, you need to, you need to wash the dishes, but you'll do everything, every other task because you don't want to do the dishes. And that's very much where I am with, with the writing I'm working on now. The other strategy that I found with this book specifically, this piece I'm working on, Josh, which you've helped me process a lot because I've been feeling a lot of shame around this, but if the book or content or if the content you're working on is more emotionless, like fact focused, I like typing. Whereas the content I'm working on now is, is, is way more heady, emotional, um, vulnerable. And I'm finding that typing it is really hard. And so I'm leaning on voice to text. So I think that all pieces of writing benefit from a balance of fact-based and personal accolades and notes and personal stories. But I think overall, if you are struggling with getting words on a piece of paper, remember that the means of getting the text on the paper might actually be a hurdle that you want to overcome in some way. I The most writing I've done on the piece I'm working on now has been utilizing this microphone that we are, yep. we are working on now versus other books. I, I never did this. I typed everything. So yeah. I don't know why that is for this specific piece, but definitely something to consider. Yeah. So I'm working on something right now also, and who knows where it'll go. But, you know, I was walking with my one-year-old daughter and I had a thought in my head, pulled out my phone, used text to notes, and I've been doing that quite a bit. So typically on a walk, I'll listen to like the Teach Better Today podcast and, you know, consume that, or I'll try and consume other stuff in regards to like content creation. And then sometimes there's inspiration that comes from those podcasts or just, you know, just a random thought in my head and I got to get it out. So, you know, I've, I've also been using talk to text just as far as like different concepts. And I don't know about you, but like when I go out for a walk and stuff, I, I get these ideas and I'm able to like flush stuff out. And so just finding like your avenue of like, 
what's your activity? What's the thing that you're doing that sometimes creates creative moments? Can I ask you about a misconception that I hear very often? And I wonder if any of your listeners are experiencing this stressor, but there's a few people that I'm just in conversation with you know, similar to us, like I'm, I'm kind of an accountability partner in some regard for, for something they're working on. And they have a lot of fear about sharing their content for like legal issues. Like they're like, I don't want too many people to read my piece because what if they take my idea or what if I lose rights to this idea? I, I just want to kind of throw out there, I would take a handful of people to share your concept with in terms of maybe like yeah. specific writing pieces, but feel the freedom to to discuss concepts with as many people as possible that you might put into a piece of content that you're sharing. Because the more perspectives, the better. I, I never I thought that, yeah, I never thought that talking about an educational book with my mom, who's not an educator was beneficial, but that was one of the most helpful conversations I had throughout my process. So if feel free to discuss your idea. I, I don't know that that idea stealing really happens as, as much as maybe there's a fear around it. But if you are concerned about there being any sort of stress in that area, then maybe only pick five people that actually you send your, your work product to, to get really thoughts on unofficial pieces of work, but something to consider. Yeah. I don't, that never really came to my mind, but I do agree, right? Like I, even the project that I'm working on now, I've sent, you know, outlines and different concepts to a whole host of folks and looking for feedback because you just never know, is this going to resonate with folks? Is this a, a good direction to go in? Is this an important topic? And so getting that confirmation or getting feedback to be like, no, you need to go and pivot just a little bit in this direction is so helpful. And I can't, I can't do everything alone. <laughs> like I need a community. Yeah. That's why I lean on you. And that's why I lean on, you know, so many other folks that I've been on this podcast before, because, you know, I want to make the best product possible to help the most people. That's, that's really the goal. So I can't do that without getting feedback from others, you know? So yeah, as far as the ceiling part, like, no, like that's what I want. I want, (laughs) I'm hoping that people take things that I've created and and steal to a a degree, because that means that hopefully that's helping them on the campus or in the district. So I understand what you're talking about. And as far as like someone monetizing it potentially, but I think that's just another excuse to potentially not do something and put it out there to the world. Well, and on the flip side, there's also a misconception that, oh, I shouldn't write on this topic because content on this topic already exists. And the reality mm-hmm. is, is that no one can do things like you can do them. Exactly. There are so many leadership books out there. And yet Aspire to Lead continues to be a top selling book that educators are picking up at Barnes and Noble and on Amazon and doing book studies with, because although there's a lot of content out there, the way that Josh presents information, the metaphors, the analogies, the accessibility to the author, there are just things that people resonate and and enjoy about your content specifically. And everybody has that spark within them. So even if you feel like there already is a Instagram reel on this topic or, you know, who would care if, you know, who wants to really know what your bell ringers are? Like, let me just be clear. I do like me. (laughs) I want to know. So pick me as your audience member, because I know there's more of me, but if you just need to create it and feel like somebody cares about it, sign me up. Well, and some, you know, like for, for people to take action 
it's it's like seven or eight times you have to hear it before you potentially make a move on it. And so, you know, the way that I say it may be different than the way that Ray says says it. And you know, you never know how it's going to resonate with folks and what is said and what stories being shared or whatnot that is going to get that person to actually act. And that's the idea, right? We, yes, you want folks to consume, but you want them to do something with that information. And so, yeah, you, your voice is important. Your experiences are important and no one's going to know about it unless you find the avenue to share. So that's really what this podcast episode's about. I want to encourage everyone that's listening. It doesn't matter your position. It doesn't matter if someone's saying something very similar, like your voice matters and I want you to find the avenue to communicate what's important. So we are giving you permission. Ray's giving you so many wonderful tips on how to go about this. And I want you, like I said, don't just consume this podcast. I want you to actually find a plan to act and share anything that you have that you think is valuable. Well, and please reach out to Josh or I or anybody on the Teach Better team or within your PLN. We have a lot of experience with different mediums, different publishers, different, even like, you know, book, blog, publishers, every a video editing. Don't yep. do any of this on your own. Um, happy to help. I mean, I've even collaborated, Josh, you know, with people where I like help them design their artwork that they yep. are looking to see. We, we love this stuff. It's, it's so <laughs> much more fun to do projects, passion projects that all of you are interested in than yes. what's on my to-do list. So <laughs> feel free to let us be a partner in that. And that, so that's something I really love about, you know, Josh getting to work with you on a daily basis is I'll send you an idea. I'm like, this is 60% of what I'm looking for. And then Josh is like, let me take a swing at it. And he sends it back and that, that can be how content evolves. So feel free to reach For out. Sure. And if you have any questions on specific websites or content or contracts, keep us updated. We know awesome. we know a lot of people. <laughs> Ray, so if someone's listening right now and they want to take that next step, right? Maybe blog with the team or just have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with you to help find a direction that they need to go in. How can they connect with you? Yeah, friends, I would love to stay connected, although staying connected to me is only one step. I'd love you to stay connected to the Teach Better team because that is a much larger, wider network of educators aspiring to be better. So uh, for me personally, I'm just at Ray Hewart with my name, but I would much rather also have you follow the Teach Better team over on social media and all the information about vlogging and getting involved as a podcaster and gosh, anything in between is over at teachbear.com. Shout out to Carrie Pitstick, who runs our blog department. She could not be a more approachable, nice human being. And she is a total nerd about reading, <laughs> reading people's blogs and turning them into the beautiful pieces that end up on our website. So, I mean, while I hope that I get to be some sort of a accountability partner for all of you listening, you're going to end up loving Carrie Pitstick more than me. And that's okay. So I hope you guys check that, check all that out over at teachbrow.com. You can sign up to be a blogger there. Yeah. Carrie is amazing. She's a magician. She creates this phenomenal content on the back end to help you through that process. So can I honestly say that most recent times that I've blogged with teachbrow.com slash blog, I have sent Carrie like a really messy blog, like maybe <laughs> like 70% done. And I'm like, can you, make this make sense to normal human beings. And then two weeks later, it's up on the website. And it not only has a beautiful design work, you know, thanks to Sarah and Jesse on our team, but also Carrie has like taken my messy thoughts and like actually created something 
that's cohesive. So shout out to partners, more partners, the better. <laughs> well, that's a perfect ending here. Make sure you find your community, your people to help support you. Do not do this work alone, not only in your position, but then also the content creation part. And yeah, Ray, I am just honored not only to have you on the podcast once again, but to be a team member of yours and to work with you, like I said, every single day is phenomenal. I appreciate you sharing so many fantastic tips with the writing process, the creation process. I know it's hard for a lot of folks. And so we are here to support you, but the main piece is just making sure that you understand that your voice is important. So thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're jumping on YouTube, thank you so much for checking out the channel, hit that subscribe button. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of ways to consume now this content. And uh, I just appreciate this community. If you need anything from myself or Ray, please reach out and we will see you a week from today. Bye friends.